Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined uh, this afternoon by a, a DJ, electronic artist. Um, he uh, plays, he, he makes house music in, under the name Tombs. Um, he's uh, got a couple songs uh, that have dropped in the last couple months. Um, the latest of which are Keep It Tight and In The Club. Um, but he also makes me dungeon synth music under the name Lurk. Uh, his latest project is called From the Depths of Johannes Lee. You nailed that pronunciation. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I practiced it a couple times. Um, but uh, he's based in Chicago. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. Thank you, Andrew Meyer, for the show. Good yeah, time. of course, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, how are you doing? How how's your day going? I'm good, man. Yeah, like we were just talking about before we started the chat. Like, uh, I mean, granted, today's an exception. It's very gloomy, but um, super Sunday vibes. But yeah, having the sun out recently has been great for productivity, mental health, and finally feeling like getting some shit done. So it's, uh, it's very, good to be coming out of a really weird year and a weird winter. <laughs> yeah, very gusty today. Oh yeah, um, I have not been outside yet, but I know the temperature dropped like ten degrees. So it's kind of like when it peaks at like over 50 for the first time of in the year, like anything like below that is all of a sudden now it's too cold to go up mm -hmm. to back out. And that's, <laughs> that's how I'm feeling today. I'm kind of just, uh, I'm back, um, uh, in, in the cave, you know? Yeah. Like we went back to January somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. What's up with that? Like, well, like, dude, you know, as a Midwesterner, I'm sure you, you're, you know, I lived in Milwaukee, especially there. This is true. As soon as it hits anything above 40, you got people trying to put shorts on and go to the beach. <laughs> oh, I, I saw someone in shorts uh, at the grocery store yesterday and it was like 55, maybe. Um, so, yeah, it's that that is definitely already uh, manifested. I'm glad we could finally do this. i um, been looking forward to getting to know you. Um, what well, we talked about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so you, as is the case with uh, many people that I meet these days, uh, I met through the internet. And um, yeah, uh, I've been, I mean, as so I cover music for Breaking and Entering, the mm -hmm. blog. Uh, we cover all things Milwaukee music, including those who uh, have moved away but still have Milwaukee ties. And so that, that's why I'd heard of you. You know, we started covering more electronic music on the site in the last year. Um, I was like, oh, this guy, uh, this guy, like, really makes some uh, club bangers. And I really want to talk to him. Um, but then I, like, found that you were doing the Dungeon Synth stuff, too. And I thought that was really neat and unique. And uh, very excited to talk about all of that. Oh, hell yeah. And I, and I got to say, it was like, I know I've been I've been familiar with you for you know a while since I lived in Milwaukee and um I you know I, I was somewhat familiar with breaking you know for, it's breaking an entry entering entering yeah. that makes more sense but yeah I've been familiar with that and uh, I gotta say it was like really surprising to uh to open my you know Facebook one day and have a notification that there was like a review of my lurk stuff as opposed to the tomb stuff and then you know the tomb stuff came secondary which, uh, yeah, I just thought that was super cool. So yeah, respect to you for, for digging into that sort of stuff. Because a lot of the people that are knowledgeable of my dance music material aren't and have, you know, don't necessarily have any idea that I make other music. Appreciate that. Yeah, well, I happen to, as much as I love house and I love to dance, I am a sucker for like dark ambient and experimental music. That's pretty much all I listen to, honestly. Yeah, dude. I got really into that stuff, especially in the last year since quarantine. Just been needing more, like, dark shit to get into to kind of settle the chaos in my mind. So, yeah, I I cover uh, – I definitely try to cover um, the, the pockets of, like – the more experimental and abstract side of Milwaukee music for sure. Good. And um, yeah, and I'm excited to talk about all of that, um, what you're up to now. But first, so Drew, you're, so you're originally from Milwaukee, right? So, I mean, not to give like my whole life history, but I, uh, 
I was born, I had like a Navy dad. I was born in Cali, uh, moved to a couple different states, but I grew up in like Rockford, Illinois, um, which is like an hour and a half west of Chicago. Um, and then after high school, I moved up to Milwaukee. So somewhere around like 2009. But yeah, I mean, it, as far as like my adult life, I, I was in Milwaukee for a decade. Um, and then I moved to Chicago about three years ago. So as far as music goes, everything was pretty Milwaukee based for most of my life. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I'm actually originally from the south suburbs of Chicago. Um, but I came up here for school uh, seven years ago. What, what brought you to Milwaukee? Um, when I was in high school, I was playing, uh, I was doing vocals in some like, you know, death metal bands. And um, there was a huge scene for that sort of music in um, not really where I grew up, but there was a huge scene for it in Milwaukee. I had a lot of friends in Kenosha and like Racine. And I actually did a year of school at UW Parkside, um, chose to do out-of-state schooling um, simply because all of the people I was making music with lived in those areas. And uh, I, you know, after I stopped going to school to pick up touring with my old bands, um, all, all my bandmates lived in Milwaukee and I was just was getting tired of driving an hour and a half back and forth to my parents' house to, uh, you know, have band practice and stuff. So I just, you know, I relocated ended up sticking there for a really long time. Go oh, makes sense. Um, what parts of Milwaukee uh, did you live in? Um, I was in River West for a good chunk of it. A couple different spots, hmm. some more sketchy spots in the beginning, uh, some nicer spots towards the end. And then um, the last like four or five years I was in Milwaukee, I was living in a really cool place over in Shorewood. Oh, word. Dope. Like pretty close I, to campus. I'm in River West now. Nice. Uh, right Where are you off, at in River West? Just since I'm familiar, I'm always curious. Yeah, right out, right off of North Avenue on Wheel. Oh, nice. Uh, I was, um, I was right. I can't remember the name of the street, but I was like two blocks from that Collectivo. That's on Humboldt, I think. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I my last house, I was right behind that Collectivo. Um, yeah, it's a tightly knit community for sure. But I um, love River West, man. It was fun. Yeah, especially because I was a bit of a you know punk vegan kid back then, so I fit the aesthetic. <laughs> That's literally, uh, yeah, right up the alley. Uh, that or like beer slugging hippies, you know. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm about it. Those are my people. Um, <laughs> so, so Drew, um, I'd love to hear a little bit about like when you were younger, um, when you were a kid. Uh, yeah, I guess like. What role did music play in your life when you were growing up? Uh, what did you listen to? Um, and how would that eventually like uh, evolve into you making music yourself? Yeah, I mean, it's always been huge for me. Um, I mean, it's yeah, literally, it's, it's pretty much always been my biggest interest. Um, and I didn't particularly have like a family that instilled that i'm not entirely sure where a lot of it came from um you know my mom was super into like radio country which i appreciated as a kid and it taught me to really respect like uh what's the word i'm looking for um objectively good songwriting <laughs> so like that led to me appreciating pop music as an adult and things like that that a lot of people would hate on um my dad got me into a lot of 80s music when i was a kid we would uh listen to mixtapes that had a lot of stuff like depeche mode and Gary Newman and stuff like that um so as I got older I'd already had a lot of that instilled in me which led to some of the electronic stuff I would end up getting into and then um you know as I was getting into like fifth grade I uh I had like a stepdad that gave me some like Def Leppard and ACDC cassette tapes and that led to me getting into metal and um yeah so you know I keep it short like as I got into middle school I was really into I was really into metal. I was really into punk music. I had a lot of like street punk friends. I really liked the aggression and the politics behind it. And I grew to really like music that had a message behind it, which, um, but at the same time, I was really into, I was always like secretly into dance music because when you're, when you're a punk kid, you're not supposed to. So I had to like keep that hush hush, but you know, I'd, I'd be listening to, uh, my Slipknot records and like my casualties punk records, but then I'd be privately listening to, uh, who made the fucking who made that i'm blue da -ba -da -ba. Eiffel, eiffel 65 yeah i'd have like an eiffel 65 <laughs> cd on the side or like a dead mouse cd that i wouldn't talk about 
Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I played music all through high school, um, did vocals in a couple different bands, you know, like a death metal band, uh, as I got out of high school, I, I played guitar my whole life. So, um, started writing a lot of like hardcore punk music and I, you know, I traveled the country touring and playing music in a band called Focus Mind, basically out of, out of high school until I was about 25 mm. and, uh, you know, huge, huge part of my life. Um. But yeah, just uh, as I got older and less aggressive, you know, traveling around playing angry music just became a little bit less fun. And as much as I loved sharing a message and vocally sharing ideals and stuff like that, being pissed off all the time just wasn't doing it for me anymore. <laughs> and uh, yeah. switch, switching to dance music kind of made sense because you're still controlling a vibe, you're controlling an emotion, but that emotion doesn't have to be overly angry. And, you know, yeah. when I first got into dance music, a lot of my band history led to me being super into heavy bass I was really really into trap and dubstep and things like that but you know same path as the punk stuff did being super heavy and aggressive kind of wore on me after a couple of years and found that uh house music and for for the dancey stuff house music and um techno and things like that that was like the positive aspects of everything I wanted to do energy wise and create and making you know down tempo trap and wave and instrumental movie music that encapsulated the other spectrum of it yeah so, and it's been a fun journey i just i've always been so obsessed with uh music in general but like you know i get really addicted to to deep diving music and finding obscure stuff i was that kid who would spend hours and hours deep diving like limewire and kazaa just to find mp3s of some band that literally no one knew of just because i thought it was cool <laughs> yeah and i still do that to this day it's a, it's my favorite thing yeah i'm still that way too because you never know when you're going to find your next favorite song or this next obscure album that really like you know completely uh pulls you away i i'm i've definitely um chipped away hours of my life like deep on in spotify rabbit holes but oh man my yeah my spotify i don't have like i i was one of those people who tried to get into doing like curated specific playlists uh, yeah. And then I realized it would just take up too much of my life, but I still have like, you know, I have a death metal playlist or a shoegaze playlist that is just hundreds of tracks long. And I love that shit, but sometimes I'll, I'll like let somebody check my Spotify and I'll be like, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was the same way too. I used to like try to like stratify my music taste, but I would just end up going way too all over the place. It just... Yep. It just became like, you know what, I'm not going to do this for anyone but myself, and I'm just going to listen to whatever the fuck I'm in the mood to listen to that day. Exactly. Yeah, but it sounds like you have a, um, in terms of like the music you create, it definitely has a lot of vitality, like as you were saying, you know, making metal and punk music, it's very gritty and like angry and just very uh, devastating, um, mm -hmm. but not just, but but now it's like the music you make in tombs and lurk, like it still requires a lot of vitality, but just used in different ways. Vocally and politically, it's definitely like those are the focal points of metal and punk for sure. But with dance music and like really dense, like dark soundscapes, it's a lot more of like a um, um, like a mental and yeah, it's like, more focused on the mood and the atmosphere. Yeah. Which yeah. is what I was always, you know, at the base of everything, I realized that's what I was always actually interested in doing. Like, you know, when I was a very politically charged, angry young person, like the specifics of the ideals I was sharing was obviously very important. But um, as I grew, not, I don't want to say I grew out of that, but as I uh, matured that, I realized most of it was, I, I just wanted the vibe that that came with that and like the feeling of it. I didn't necessarily want somebody to, have to have me spell out to them what I was trying to say, where in punk music, that's very much what you do. Um, right. But yeah, uh, and I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of being overly ambiguous either, but it's, uh, you know, when I make dance music, one of my favorite things people say about tomb stuff is that, uh, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily do this on purpose. It happens regardless, but my songs always end up sounding somewhat dark as far as tech house dance music songs go. And part of that's on purpose for sure. But like, that's just what my stuff ends up sounding like, but it's not dark to like make you feel like spooky or gritty or weird. It, I, it's just to build atmosphere and to have that feel to it. You know, I'm not trying to make something that's necessarily going to bum you out, but I'm also not trying to make something that's like a, you know, 
main stage ultra festival corny song it just doesn't work for me so yeah learning, yeah. How, to, learning how to focus on that atmosphere and mood was you know one of my favorite things of music totally and um, no i i kind of like appreciate you saying that because i definitely got the vibe of like like your your music is stuff for like dark clubs for mm -hmm. sure like stuff that uh you know isn't gonna be like playing out like on loudspeakers on the streets necessarily but like you go inside and like it's a very dim atmosphere you can't really like see everybody's like faces complete like you can't make everyone's identity out it's very like dark and shadowy but mm -hmm. still but still friendly and still like welcoming exactly uh, like i want people to fucking while out and have a party but i want them to like be engrossed in the mood of what's going on too and it yeah. seems like it tends to work i don't know I, I i was always and to this day i always like get kind of nervous when i play some gigs and uh i'm thinking like you know i have this vibe in mind i know exactly how i want to orchestrate this i hope it doesn't alienate people when it doesn't catch them in the way maybe they want to but something about and obviously i'm not trying to chew my own horn i just find observing it interesting like it's it's very intriguing when I try to approach those darker moods in the sets, but I keep the energy up. How engrossed that makes some people. It's like I, I don't know. It's like it, it gets them in a trance, and they end up. You know, I I've been really blessed to have friends give me good critiques, and one of the things I'll say is, you know, I end up watching the entire set. I didn't take a break to go pee or get a drink or whatever, and they're like, I don't know what it is, man. It's just, and it, I'd like to think that that when you mesh keeping things fun with that mood. It's something that you don't want to break away from. Dude, yeah, totally. Then that's all why favorite, like all my favorite DJs that I've had the most memorable sets from were people who do that same thing. You know, Chris Lake has his weird mood that he'll get stuff going in. Um, Justin Martin will get super weird, but still engrossing. And it's just, yeah, when people can fit that vibe into their stuff and you can hear them and what they're playing, that's the good stuff. Yeah, that's why I love like weird experimental pop music because it can still be catchy as hell, make you dance, just like really um, get you excited. But it is very, but also in, done in like an otherworldly or surreal or just very textural way. Mm -hmm. uh, I love, I love shit like that can do that, like juxtapose um, feeling with like sensibility mm -hmm. um yeah and it's interesting too because like your house music and punk music they can be similar you can look at them similarly because both of their intentions are so overt mm -hmm. you know but both just like have very different sonic and um vocal slash lyrical um ways of doing it like punk you scream, jump all over the place about like what pisses you off basically. And like, oh, fuck the establishment. Fuck, you know, fuck the pigs and shit like that. Yeah, but, yeah. and you're playing but, fast, you're getting to the point, yeah. you're trying to hammer it and get in, you know, get your point across as, as aggressively as possible sometimes. Yeah, but with house music, it's like, get up on your feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> move it to the left, move it to the right. Like, it's very like, it's all a lot simpler. Exactly. And, you know, it's like, I don't know that I ever consciously did it on purpose or sat and tried to like, like say, you know, this is what I'm going to figure out how to do today. But um, figuring out how to get that the whole, like you said, when you're doing the punk thing, you're trying to get your point across in an aggressive and fast way. But when you get to house music, you are coming into something that has that inherent, uh, I don't want to say cornball level, but like there's that aspect to it where you're like, okay, this needs to make people have fun and make people want to dance. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't know that I did it on purpose, but figuring out how to work what I was coming from into that without it completely alienating the good aspects of it was yeah. such a, it's just such a fun process. And I don't know where, how that clicked, but like one of my favorite things people have told me after I've played sets or, you know, released songs is like, I've had multiple people be like, did you play in bands before you produced? Like, are you into metal? And of course the answer is yes. But like, I don't know how that actually comes across. I don't know how somebody can listen to my stuff and be like, oh, that dude probably was in a punk band. But the fact that other people have said that is really cool to me because I guess sonically somewhere that comes across. That is mad cool. But and you know, sometimes I see that in other producers, like a good friend of mine produces in the name Wolfbiter up in Milwaukee. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've had he, Sammy on the show. 
No, dude, he's, he's one of my best friends in the world. Um, you know, I, I know his whole musical history, old metalcore kid played in tons of bands and, uh, he makes heavy bass music, which isn't necessarily my cup of tea these days, but I just absolutely love his stuff, but it's because you can hear him in it. You can hear the metal bands he was in, yeah. in his, in his stuff. And it's just really cool when you can hear, uh, even if you can't pinpoint where it's coming from or what it is, that's giving you that feeling when you can tell somebody's productions have aspects of other parts of their musical you know, identity in it. Yeah. Yeah. You can hear the honesty in it. Exactly. That's like, that's honestly the best word for it is you can hear the honesty. You can hear them in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shout out to Sammy. Um, yeah. So that all being said, like, when would it be when you started kind of transitioning into making more of like the electronic, the house music, like kind of deviating a little bit from the bands? Like when did that kind of start with you? Um, I can't remember the year cause I'm really bad with math, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I said, I I toured around playing in bands um, from the age of 19 to 25 or so. And um, yeah, I loved it. It was some of the most memorable parts of my life. But like, there's you don't make money doing that. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I just got to the point where being on the road for six months out of the year to come home just to work at a dead end kitchen job and pay rent and then leave again. It was just really exhausting. And if you know especially when my inherent need to get that aggression out was starting to become less and less it started to feel forced you know i didn't necessarily want to go on tour and play aggressive music every night for three weeks in a row just to come home and be broke i wasn't like getting the same thing out of it and um i was always interested in producing i just never had time to learn from traveling and yada yada but yeah i mean i started tombs with my good friend tom I think this was probably around, we probably started this around 2012 when we were working together and he was, he was producing just kind of on the side for fun. And he was making anything from cheesy dubstep to a uh, weird down tempo music. And yeah, I mean, super long story short, me and him were really into this weird subgenre of like trap and synth wave and stuff called witch house, which is like kind of where the lurk stuff comes from. Um, and we made that for a couple of years where like he'd do all the producing and I would just kind of shoulder produce and point things out. And, um, we kept having friends asking us to DJ and like play house parties because they knew that we knew how to do. And we were like, well, we can't play our spooky, creepy witch house stuff at somebody's house party. So I guess we'll start making dance music. And we had a lot of fun doing it. So, we, um, transferred into making trap for a while, doing the whole heavy bass thing. And, um you know I, again i don't know the exact years but uh, i started learning how to produce somewhere around the age of 25 when i stopped touring and um i would say within a couple of years after that we did the trap and stuff thing for a good three or four years and had a lot of fun with it and like i said just started we got burnt out on it and wasn't what we were going for anymore and switched we were both house fans the entire time we would mix house into our sets when we could and switching over to making it was like such a blessing it was it made the whole thing fun again so do you guys, is he still uh, making music with you? No. So I want to say, that's, I mean, that's, I have such a weird concept of time now with the whole last year, basically being yeah, non-existent. So this could be two years, three years. I don't really know. But last, um, like when people still say last year, it still feels like they're saying 2019. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sometime in the last few years, um, he stepped out and we're still super good friends. Um, he doesn't make, I mean, he'll, he'll still make music every once in a while and like tinker around, but, um, the whole like touring DJ thing and like EDM producer thing just wasn't his bag. Um, and, uh, he always loved making music and he he loved making house music and he loved playing, but, uh, he just is not the type of guy who's into touring. He's not into the industry lifestyle and he's a much more like private person. And, um, when we started doing touring gigs and having a lot of like obligations and stuff was kind of obviously pre COVID uh, when stuff was really starting to pick up and we were starting to have all these obligations it um, it was just doing, it was doing a huge uh, detriment to his mental health. And he decided to step down from it. And I had a lot of respect for him doing so. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, it's nice. We're still super good friends. He still has artwork for me when I have releases and stuff like that. Um, and he's, you know, he's, as far as I can tell, 
he's way healthier and happier than he was in you know the time that we were doing music together so i got all the love in the world for him oh. and it's been a super interesting process like trying to do the project solo too because you know i love dance music and i love tombs but i have so many other interests that for a second i was like all right if he's out maybe i'm out too and but you know i'm, I'm super happy i kept it going yeah hell yeah man uh, that's that's what it's about um finding your niche and uh finding and you know if something works for a while and you have a lot of fun with it with somebody then that's dope but you know things things aren't always meant to stay in one way for mm -hmm. you know forever so i get that and good for him you know good exactly for him doing his own thing. you know and uh, yeah it was one of those things where you know not to dwell on it i just it doesn't get talked about super often like i have so much respect for how he went about it because uh I've seen duos and groups and, you know, even like bands I was in where there's, there is a problem like that, where it's not something between the two people or between the members. It's, it's a problem that somebody needs to face for themselves. And you know, I would have as, as one of his best friends and you know, somebody who cares a lot about him, if he had kept pushing that and pushing that until he like had mentally broke from it, you know, that would have made me super upset. So to, you know, for him to have the wherewithal to uh, respectfully bring up that conversation and to respectfully step down and to do it as a friend, like it was, you know, it was, it was a really wonderful experience because I've seen when people just don't have the uh, awareness to have that conversation and that that's what breaks relationships. That's what breaks friendships. And ultimately he's my friend. He's not my musician partner. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that goes for any anybody that I care about making music or any sort of art form. I always have so much respect for people when they're aware enough to know that they need to do what's good for them. Yeah, wholeheartedly, definitely. Um, yeah, um, where'd uh, where'd the name Tombs come from? <laughs> so, I mean, not really that funny of a story, but yeah, we just when we were making witch house stuff, um, obviously wanted to have a spooky name, and uh, there was a guy. There was a guy who was making Witch House. We were super into named Rituals, um, but instead of an S, he used a Z. So as like a super quick name, what's up, Alice? Hi. <laughs> Alice. He says hi, long, Alice. Long time no see. He said long time no see. Long time no see. <laughs> but yeah, we uh we just thought the name Tombs was cool, and then we put a Z on it, so it wasn't the same as the metal band Tombs. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, certainly. And then, yeah, when, when we started making like house and dance music, we thought about changing it, but we just had already been doing stuff for so long. We kept it and ended up actually meshing with the style of how dance music we were doing anyway. So stuck with it. But it's been so, interesting how many people don't know what that word is. You know how many times we played shows and people are like, hey, Toms, hey, Tomes. <laughs> I'm like, it, it, it's just a part of a graveyard. I don't know how you people don't know what this word is. Yeah, I think I first learned that word when I was like, seven or eight when i watched the lord of the rings like <laughs> oh that's what that was. yeah so for the sake of chronology so what brought you to uh, chicago um it's interesting i never thought i would live down here um i you know being you know uh, growing up in rockford uh i would always be driving to milwaukee or chicago grand back then this is for like punk and metal shows but i'd always be driving to milwaukee or chicago for shows um even when I lived in Milwaukee, I would still travel down to Chicago all the time to go to music events. And I just always like, I liked being, I liked the city, but I just, it was one of those things or not being from here. I was like, man, I'll, I never fucking live in Chicago. Yeah. So, so busy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I just grew to love it so much. The more I started playing down here, especially when I started, you know, doing house music and playing house music gigs down here at this, I mean, this is the house music capital of the world. And it's just such a special thing to play that sort of stuff here. And, uh, you know, or just organically over the course of years of playing here, making a lot of good friends down here. Um, I really grew to love the city and I got, you know, I, I was in Milwaukee for a decade and I very much got everything out of this, out of Milwaukee as I could. And uh, I just needed something different. A lot of my friends had moved out of Milwaukee. Um, when Tom finally, me and Tom were roommates um, for a really long time. And when he left Tombs, he shortly after moved to California and that was kind of the uh the signal that like okay man like either plan on being here for a really long time or start figuring out something else and um yeah. 
around around that time I've been seeing you know Alice Ashley who you've interviewed um shrimp yep shrimp good old shrimp, shrimp Robinson yes. um yeah we'd been seeing each other for I want to say like two years at that point and she's from Chicago and uh we were doing a whole back and forth thing a bunch because uh I met her in Milwaukee she'd come back or she'd go up and down to Milwaukee for house music nights and a bunch of her friends in the house scene up there and yeah I just it, it kind of all just worked out we wanted to move in with each other anyways and I wanted to get out of the city so got a place down here and I, I mean I've been down here for I want to say going on three years now and I love it right yeah when I interviewed her like she touched on like kind of the serendipity of like how she met people in Milwaukee and I thought that was super cool mm-hmm. yeah a lot of really cool uh I don't know just a lot of really cool relationship paths that all ended up crossing in very unique yeah. ways it's it's magical and, it, and, and it's branched down into Chicago. There's people that to this day I'll meet down here who, who at one point were really close with this person who was really close with this person in Milwaukee. And we just, you know, have sort of known of each other for almost a decade, even though we're just now becoming friends. Like, and that's, yeah. I guess the Midwest for you, but. Oh yeah. It's definitely Certainly. cool. Certainly. I still find like strange connections from back home in the suburbs of Chicago up here in Milwaukee. Some every once in a while, you know, it, it's wild how those webs work. Well, man, one of the craziest ones, you, you might appreciate this then since this is it's such a specific topic to even bring up. So this is very fitting. Um, when I f- first started coming down to Chicago years back, um, I was going to the mid a lot, rest in peace. And uh, I had gotten to become friends with... Uh, legendary house dude down here steve gerard one of my favorite people in the world and um we knew each other because of the mid we knew each other because of house music blah blah blah. but um i knew that he was into metal like metal core bands and stuff like that um there was one day where he was playing at the mid or something and i showed up and went down to the green room to say what's up to him and he was hanging out with these two dudes uh that looked crazy familiar. I knew that I knew them from somewhere. They weren't like friends of mine. And he introduced them and it was, um, I'm not gonna pretend to remember their names because, and that's not important, but I realized two guys from Born of Osiris, one dude from another band, but these were, I mean, these are bands that are very big and touring at this point, like they're huge bands now, but I was playing shows when I was 18 years old in, uh, you know, coffee shops with these dudes bands back when I was in high school. Yeah. it's it was so funny that like literally a decade later I was running into these guys I knew from a coffee shop metal show you know in 20 2009 running into them a decade later in a green room of a dance club at a house music show yeah and, like we were never homies or anything but like yeah. they rec- they recognized me I recognized them we're like how, how the fuck would this have happened dude that's exactly it that's that's what I'm talking about man it's insane it's it's just like definitely i mean um it it's definitely apparent like in the more like insular sphere of like the midwest but i mean it goes even further than that sometimes oh yeah um so in terms of shows like playing like have you been what what have you been uh one much to like play out a lot like pre-covid and stuff Oh yeah. I mean, that that's as somebody who, um, traveled around playing live music and bands and stuff for most of my adult life, like that was, I mean, I love making dance music. I love producing it and putting it out and stuff like that. But like, I'm not an industry dude. I hate playing the, the industry game. I, I hate all the things that come. I don't want to say, Hey, that's a strong word, but the whole part of producing and DJing and whatever, that comes outside of creating and playing the music is just not my thing. Um, so it, it, it's definitely made it very difficult to continue being super productive during COVID because when I make music, my, I get excited to get it out, release it, and then go play it somewhere. Um, so when I don't have that, it makes it harder for me to want to make like a dance music banger if I don't know where I'm going to play it. But pre COVID, yeah, we were, we were starting to get after it. I mean, um, we, we were really lucky to have played a bunch of shows over the course of the years, you know, as a duo, we had, um, 
couple residencies we held around Milwaukee that we like basically forged ourselves. We, uh, we were doing a monthly trap party at Bad Genie that was ours curated by us. We had a monthly house party at a different venue. Um, we had like a Tuesday night club residency at site one a, um, doing more open format stuff. And, uh, so we were playing a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of that was also just DJing for the sake of DJing when, when the tomb stuff kind of kicked in and we were actually getting booked for shows. And it was like, like when my bands would tour because we were playing our music, like that was, that was really cool. We got lucky enough to um, play a number of festivals like spring awakening and freaky deaky a couple of times. Um, and yeah, I mean, up until COVID hit, we, or I, I guess we, you know, we did like a bunch of tour dates the year before with two and nine boys and Kendall and Grensta. And uh, that was awesome. Like being, you know, it was a, a little taste of the DJs who are traveling every weekend. It was a lot of fun. And um, I was starting to do a lot of gigs when I took everything over solo. Um, you know, my last gig before COVID, I was playing in Halifax, Canada with uh, the Cloverdale dudes and that's, you know, like I said, that's my, that's my whole, re- not my whole reason for making dance music, but like, that's the payoff is getting to do stuff like that. And I don't really care about any of the money behind it. I'm still a relatively small artist in that sense, but getting to travel and play music and meet people is my favorite thing. And as someone who did that for so long in bands, like I missed that a ton. That was the hardest part of stopping touring. So getting to do it in dance music was a blast and I, I missed it a ton for sure. Oh Yeah. I mean, I wasn't even much of like a clubber, really, but how I miss that shit. Like, it, it makes me like want to start going out and dancing and doing like the, like going out to see more EDM, like once shows are a thing again, once things open back up. Like, I mean, I just miss that atmosphere and the sense of community mm-hmm. fostered from it. That I'm right there with you, man. Like, yeah. I, uh, I'm not not like a clubber dancer, but you know, I, I'll I'll be real. Like it was starting to wear on me towards the uh, towards the end of the pre-COVID year. Just not from like my gigs, like like you know, going out and playing my things and keeping track of my shows and blah blah blah. Like that's fun and that's like career stuff. But uh, being in Chicago and being like I don't know, as connected as I am down here, like it's really easy to go out every weekend and to be involved every weekend. And um, as fun as that can be, it really starts to burn you out if you're not aware of how often you're doing it. And uh, I was just getting to the point where I didn't fucking want to go to a dance club. I, I wouldn't even want to go to the club if I was playing. I was just tired of being around people. Um, but yeah, having this year off from that, like for a good six months, I was like, oh, this is the best. I, I, don't, I don't miss dance music at all. But I'm getting to the point now where it's like, having that break and reassessing what you did like about it. Like, like you said, I'm excited to just start going to shows that I'm not even involved with to dance. I actually want to just go turn my brain off and hang out with people again and enjoy music. And I'd like to think that when clubs start reopening, I'm hoping a lot of people will go back into shows with that mindset. I'd like, cause it's not all the time, but you know, you started as an industry person, you start seeing just how many people go out to clubs because they feel like they need to or because they feel obligated to be social or blah, blah, blah. I really hope to see clubs packed with people who just want to dance and listen to music yeah. again. Right. Genuinely just being in the moment. Exactly. Is because it can easily be something, you know, you take for granted if mm-hmm. it's such a regular catalyst for you. But, you know, but going out there and doing it because, yeah, we just, we're just so grateful to be, sharing space again exactly um yeah I, I look forward to that for sure so um let's talk a little bit about uh your latest couple uh tracks um that you dropped um the ones that have come out uh so far this year um in the club was the first one that's the one with the snowman mm-hmm. uh, on uh, holy moly yeah and holy moly uh yeah tell me a little bit about this track and just kind of what your inspiration was behind it um trying to remember like I you know I, I don't remember how long ago I made that one but I was sitting on it for a while I, that's one of my favorite songs I've done I uh I uh kind of had the bass line in my head and I knew it was a little chunky and like a little bit heavy um almost had like a G house vibe to it but like I was listening to a lot of hot since 82 at the time and a lot of like 
Hodson's 82 veined techie deep house, whatever you want to call it. And um, I've always taken a lot of inspiration from his work and a lot of the atmosphere that he has in his work and the way he can have these songs that are just absolute, absolute dance floor destroyers, but they have so much atmosphere and melody hidden in them that like it doesn't strike you as overly hard it, it's i don't know there's just something special about that yeah. and um yeah i kind of was just trying to recreate that sort of vibe with that song i wanted to um wanted to make something that had the trippy the trippy weirdo spacey tombs vibe to it but also had that kind of hot since 82 you could play this at, at midnight or you could play this at five in the morning and it would work both ways kind of thing yeah yeah I love that. I, I love that um, the the seamless uh, interval of time that you could put the song in any, no matter what time of day it is, or like um, maybe even like no matter what the weather is, you know, yeah. like it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Those are my favorite tracks. I mean, I don't necessarily have too many songs I think would fit like a daytime patio vibe. Maybe maybe that one with Cloverdale I just put out just because it's a little funky, but uh, yeah, my my favorite tracks are the ones that you could drop on a midnight peak club, or you could drop it at a five a.m. afters and it would have the same effect. Well, food for thought. Yeah, and that's <laughs> something I strive for with a lot of my tracks. I just because I like hearing that so much, I try to, to see if I can make that work. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, tell me about keep it tight. Yeah. So. Um, that one i i put together an idea i put together the, the basic idea for it that had like the exhibit vocals and that little jazzy like uh i don't even remember what i sampled it from but that little jazzy kind of funk sample that i worked into it and i that that was a rare case of me purposefully trying to make a specific sound i never i never make anything oh, this actually cares what we just said i never make anything that necessarily fits like a daytime party fun vibe and i wanted to try to do that i was like well i think when i made that song it was about to be spring or going into summer granted it was covid summer so nothing really came of it but um i was like you know i want to make something that would fit that vibe and see if i can do it and i had a pretty decent idea going that i was happy with but i just uh i couldn't figure out how to finish it i didn't really know what to do with it and um i had so much fun working with cloverdale on that ep we did for country club disco and um you know, we got to be really good friends when I spent the weekend with them in Canada. And uh, it's just such a seamless process when we when I worked with them. Um, and I hit up Alex and showed him the idea. And we'd been trying to kick around something to work on since the, the Country Club EP. And yeah, I mean, he, he's like, he, he liked the idea. I sent it to him. And within the next week, he basically had it finished. Oh, oh yeah. yeah that, was a, that was a good banger, too. That's yeah, fine. I, mean, I really like that one. Yeah, dude um that being said uh yeah what are you working on now uh what's next um so as far as tombs goes trying to think i have a couple unreleased tracks uh that i was kind of finding find finding places to release but um kind of going back and revamping some of them i put out music so far this year like the tracks i'm i'm the tracks i'm sitting on because this last year has admittedly been pretty dry as far as my house music production has gone um they weren't up to par with what i want to release now so i'm going back and revamping some of them which uh has been a really fun process actually um the one i'm really focusing on right now i uh, took a song that i thought was finished two years ago never really put it out didn't know what was wrong with it just wasn't striking me as something i was comfortable releasing um i went to my buddy's studio actually friday night um ose from chicago uh, really good friend of mine, um, you know, back to the synchronicities of relationships. He apparently went to my punk band shows back in, you know, a decade ago. And then when he was going to Icon in LA and I played Night Base, he came out to Icon or to the Night Base gigs and we ran into each other at Spring Awakening back in Chicago. And he was one of my best friends. Um, but yeah, we dug that track out and pulled a bunch of stuff out of it and added some vocals of his. And yeah, it, it's turning into it's turning into a heater. So me and him are focusing on that. We're trying to maybe make an EP out of it. And uh, I'm working on some drum and bass stuff with uh, my friend, Sammy, kind of venturing more into that realm this year. Um, had a lot of, I mean, I've been playing it more in my sets lately too. Um, I figure if I'm going to be playing it in my sets, I might as well make some more of my own. So there'll be some drum and bass this year, 
definitely going to be some more house and a lot of the house I'm making is going to be a definitely more in the the dark techie vibe that I've been doing or like the that I got some stuff that has a little more of like a deep house hot since 82 influence too so not to get sweaty yeah getting more and more into the vibe of stuff I've kind of I'm not falling off of the night based base house stuff entirely but I'm definitely going for the vibey shit's been been what I've really enjoyed lately and it's been fun honing in on that yeah I'd like to think by the end of the year we'll get some of that out so sonic versatility for sure um and then of course uh we uh have to talk about lurk <laughs> yeah lurk um tell me about its inception i guess okay so when tomb started like i said we were making really down tempo industrial influenced trappy influenced stuff called witch house um that turned into dance music trap music whatever um and that was around when i started learning how to produce so when i first started learning how to produce my initial genre that I was learning was trap. And I've always, I've always loved trap, not necessarily like big EDM trap, but I, I love like trap rap music. I love stuff like Gucci, you know, Gucci and three, six mafia. I like, I've always loved that style of rap music and I love making beats, like making 808 hi-hat fueled drum beats, like intricate drum patterns is my favorite thing to do. And initially Lurk was a spot for me to release things that I would make for tombs that were either too dark or just didn't fit. So that's why a lot of the initial Lurk stuff is um, just, you know, really dark or overly aggressive trap beats. And I did that for a long time with it. And uh, I mean, I still do. I'm still putting out trap beats under that. But I started making wave music with it, which is, you know, synth wave and trap kind of mixed together, like really vibey stuff. I actually have a couple wave tracks that I've I've wrapped up for that that'll be coming out sometime soon. So, um, you know, that project will always have the trap and wave stuff going on with it. That's the whole basis of it. But um, I've always wanted to make soundtrack music my whole life. Like I grew up on horror movies and I grew up on sci-fi movies. And along with that, like the soundtracks are always some of my favorite aspects of it. And I remember being a kid going to Guitar Center and just trying to play like zombie movie riffs on a keyboard i thought it was so fun um but i just never gave myself the time to sit and try to do that because it seems like such an abstract concept for a producer at least for me and uh yeah a couple years ago i sat down and i i challenged myself to make something that would fit in a horror movie and i had a, a just a shit ton of fun doing it so um I would experiment with it on and off. I kind of cooked up a couple songs that were in that vibe. And I had this idea for like a, like a three song narrative EP where I'd like have these three tracks that went together and they'd have a little story. And um, I was just going to put it out for fun. I didn't expect anybody to care about it. And uh, I actually had sent it to, I sent it to, a friend of mine in the dungeon synth scene to make me, a, he, he was going to make me a logo, um, that tentacle logo that I have on the release. And he wanted me to send him some music so he could know how to make, you know, get a vibe for what he was going to illustrate. And he runs a label called Dungeon Steep, which as far as like dungeon synth and cinematic music goes, they're pretty decently sized label. And he responded to me, he's like, you know, I'm going to make your logo, but like, would you want to put a couple more songs on this and make an album out of it? And I never expected to do that. I wanted to, of course, but, you know, and it happened to happen when I was in the depths of like the worst part of COVID, like super bummed out, not wanting to make music and getting the opportunity to just completely create a total, you know, create a total escapism sort of thing and write a narrative and do all this stuff I normally didn't have time for. It was, you know, it was awesome. So uh, I'll still be putting out the trap and the wave and stuff for sure. But um, it's been so much fun venturing into making music like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, when I saw that that was you, I was like, oh man, like, you know, this dude knows how to party, but he also knows how to like, like ensnare us in some like demonic ritual. Because <laughs> um, it is very like occult-ish. Oh, and, for sure. 
And you, I remember reading on Bandcamp, so it was like kind of Lovecraftian sort of this. this Extremely. It's essentially, it's essentially, you know, it's definitely my love letter to horror movie and sci-fi soundtracks, things like growing up listening to John Carpenter's soundtracks. And I I can't think of the names of some of the dudes who made a lot of the ones I, I love, but, um, it's, you know, it's obviously a love letter to that sort of stuff musically, but, um, aside from horror movies and and sci-fi, I've always, I've had a lifelong love of cosmic horror and, um, you know, HP Lovecraft is my favorite author. Uh, that whole subgenre of, of, I love reading. I read a, a ton and, um, that whole subgenre of horror is, it was just such an engrossing thing for me for a really long time. I, uh, I read everything I could find by HP Lovecraft. I started diving into all the authors that he taught and then diving into people who are riffing off them, you know, 30, 40 years later. And yeah, it's just my favorite thing. So I was like, well, if I'm going to write a narrative album and I've already got three songs that are clearly influenced by Lovecraftian cosmic horror, you know, I, like I said, I was in the depths of the darkest part of COVID depression. And I was like, I'm going to go ham on this. I'm going to write this whole, like, if you look on the band camp, each track has like a lyric section that has part of a story that goes with it. And when I did my live set, my buddy who programmed all my visuals, like the visuals go along with the journey of the characters in the story. And uh, so, like I said, you know, on top of being an immense shout out to the music that I love in that genre, I wanted it to be you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever get to put some out like that again. So I was like, well, I've always wanted to tell a Lovecraftian story and I might as well do it this way. Cause I'm not a writer. I've tried to sit down and write like a short story and it just not, it doesn't work. But if I can do that through music, you know, I love narrative music. Like, like we were saying at the beginning of the call, I, I listen to a lot of dark ambient, a lot of, um, just a lot of ambient stuff in general, but I got really into like cinematic ambient over the last couple of years and labels like cryo chamber where, artists are uh you know i love the dungeon synth thing and it's super cool but i really like when artists try to create a audio journey with their music and their focus is to not just create a mood but to like use sounds and narrative aspects that take you somewhere purposefully and uh yeah that's definitely the focus when i make that sort of stuff under the lark project is i want it to be as as much as much audio fun as it is narrative Totally. I love that. It's that's why I love that ambient stuff too, is because the soundscapes tell the story. Like definitely like when I'm listening to like Godspeed You Black Emperor or like uh Stars of the Lid, you know, like it's mm-hmm. you'll you'll get like cues from like the song titles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But otherwise it's like you kind of have to like let the sound sort of guide the imagery. And uh, it's and I mean it's it's even cooler when like like some some of the backstory or the context is including included in like the liner notes, mm-hmm. and um, it's really dope that you got that opportunity and that you know you really like maximized on sort of the mode you were in like in quarantine to oh, for uh, sure. And you know, immense immense thanks and shout out to Andrew and Dungeons Deep Records because uh, you know I would have put the music out regardless, but you know, especially where I was mentally at the time that it came up. uh, It was just such a blessing for him to ask me to create a couple more songs. Initially, I was annoyed. I was like, I don't want to write more music. But then I was like, (laughs) like taking the taking that, I don't know, getting the inspiration to do that uh, really got me out of a dark place. And it really helped. It really helped me to actually be able to uh, create something I knew that I'd always wanted to do. Like I, I, when I, when I put that album out and I, you know, sitting here having like, you know, getting to like have the physical copy of something that I did, like when that came out, not that I would have, but in my head, I was like, if I stopped doing music now altogether, I wouldn't be that upset because that's like a bucket list thing I've always wanted to do. So yeah, shout out to Andrew and, and Dungeon Z for, I don't even know if he gets how big of a deal it was for me, but uh, it was a really cool opportunity for sure. Oh yeah, man, that's fucking awesome. And uh, on a side note, when we're off this call, I got to send you some cryo chamber record stuff. Because yeah, if, please do. If you're into the dark ambient stuff that really does the whole storytelling thing. That's uh, that's a next yeah. level label to get lost in. Man, I'd love to. Uh, I feel like the what's helped me out of dark places is 
it's like the only real like uh, clarity I get when I'm in particularly dark modes is like listening to dark music or mm -hmm. watching dark movies or you know just like exploring shit that just kind of like stimulates that um, mindset and therefore allows you to kind of like be like oh well now I've found something that I found something resonant mm -hmm. now you know I'm thinking about something else you know it's exactly. like it's it's powerful man it's it's so um did you watch uh lovecraft country i loved it yeah it was awesome it was mm -hmm. really terrific actors in that in that series uh and just really thrilling uh it was a good show um well andrew thank you for uh joining me today um i really uh really enjoy hearing about not only your music and what you've put out but also just kind of like the clarity and the um joy and the just a uh, meaning that it's definitely uh, held for you over many different uh, manifestations under very various different uh, sonic palettes and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it sounds like, you know, making music is something that's a uh, part of your, uh, your essence. And uh, it's really dope to hear about just, you know, how some things have certainly evolved with for you, but, other things have stayed the same and have always been there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really appreciate it. And like, I appreciate, uh, obviously the, the interview in general and the questions, but yeah, uh, the, uh, in, the interest in all of the above and not just one thing. You know, it's been a, it's been a journey for sure. And, um, yeah, no matter what I, you know, no matter what I do or how much I try to disconnect from stuff, sometimes I, I always end up coming back to making music somehow and yeah uh, right it's yeah i love it it's it's definitely been it's been great figuring out how to how to make it do what i need it to do and it always ends up doing it right when i need it to the way it's supposed to so right. i've never been one to to enjoy forced music and you can always tell when something doesn't have that honesty to it and whenever i let the honesty come through as much as possible i it's always been super helpful and and I like to think that comes across to the people listening to it. So I appreciate you pointing, pointing all that stuff out and, you know, deep diving into everything besides just the, the top level stuff. Hey man, You ever watched Nardwar? I love Nardwar. Yeah. You ever seen the Nardwar interview with ASAP Rocky and like the ASAP crew? Yeah. I so think that's funny. his most viewed one. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah. No, I, he's a big inspiration of mine to really dig not to the extent that he does obviously but still just like being well-rounded and all-encompassing with mm -hmm. an interview so but yeah man um yeah dude music is sometimes it's all that makes sense in this chaotic absurd world um absolutely so on our way out i ask everyone the same two questions uh the first is andrew what keeps you up at night If I don't have headphones on, little tiny noises. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I try not to be too much of a worrisome person anymore. I, uh, I, I spent so much of my life being angry and anxiety ridden. And I was just such a pissed off mess through most of 2020 for a number of reasons. Uh, obviously, world political climate keep, would keep me up. Uh, racism still being a thing would keep me up. That's still keeping me up for yeah, sure. Same women in my life dealing with constant bullshit, keeping me up. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, uh, I'm surrounded by really wonderful people. I have a really wonderful partner. Uh, yeah. I'm making music that I really enjoy, whether it's overly successful or not. Um, and all of that kind of keeps me uh, at a point where I can fall asleep pretty decently most of the time. Well, that answers the second question, which is what puts you to sleep. Perfect. There we go. That and uh, headphones with some sort of uh, some sort of ambient music in it. I've gotten really into listening to New Age lately, so that's been yeah. wonderful for not only my mental health but my sleeping. Oh yeah, dude. I really like really dreamy, ambient, and like like sort of that like dreamy ethereal New Age, like Julia Holter. Or well, like I, I'll have to look into that. Grouper. Uh, I'll Grouper's great. Um, yeah. Uh, what was that old one of hers something about a dead horse 
No, Dragging a Dead Deer Up a Hill. That one. Yeah. Wild title for an album, but that yeah. album is incredible. That uh, I'd Rather Be Sleeping song I used to fall asleep to yeah. almost every day. I've got that one on vinyl. It's a great record for sure. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, man. Well, uh, thanks again. And for everyone watching, uh, I'll be tagging Tombs, be tagging Lurk, so you can check out uh, the many different uh, moods and, and facets and proclivities of sound that Andrew here is involved in. And uh, can't wait for shows again. Can't wait to get out dancing and, uh, you know, seeing all the people that uh, it all means so much to. So. Yeah, man. When, and when that happens, I'll get you down to Chicago. The first thing I play, I'm going to try and get as many of my homies to come to as possible. So Dude. we'll, we'll yeah. dance for sure. Yes. I can't wait. It's, I'm, I'm very much down. Uh, thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, dude.